0: it's wonderful to see you all Uh, welcome if you're here welcome it's wonderful to see your face if you're online with us now or later it's good to be with you Um, I'm gonna go ahead and dismiss the kids go ahead and dismiss kids Revolution Kids Church Miss Debbie is waiting for you have fun oh I love them all right well today we continue our uh, series this summer of down to the river We um, have heard a lot in the past couple weeks about the Jordan River. It's been a place of healing, God's presence, safe passage, and the stones there have a lot of stories to tell. So today, we're traveling back to the Jordan River, the dirty, mucky, mud-bottomed Jordan River. That's it. I actually have some Jordan River water that I got collected myself, as you can see from the the water bottle here, um, from the Holy Land. This water, if you can't see, the cloudy one is the Jordan River. (laughs) The clear one is the Sea of Galilee. So when we say it's muddy and dirty, it is. Doesn't look very inviting. Today, we are going to tell a story about John the Baptist. So if I say, John the Baptist, let's see, I have a picture of him here. Yeah. Any, any images, yeah, his Facebook profile picture. Any images come to mind? Any thoughts when you hear John the Baptist? What do you, what do you expect? Baptist. Baptism. Baptism dreadlocks wild wilderness
1: you sons of snakes tell me who put the heat under you to run from the fury about to bust over your heads you got to reshape your lives because god's new order of the spirit is confronting you he is praise god amen
0: right we hear john the baptist we expect Fire, brimstone, yelling, passion, right? All right. So today we find John the Baptist doing literally what he was born to do. You may remember John is the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth has a a famous cousin. Her name's Mary. She comes in the picture a little later. And Zechariah was a priest. And he was visited by Gabriel in the temple one day. And Gabriel told him that although Elizabeth and he were really old, they would conceive a child, and that that child would be named John, that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit before he was born, and that he was to prepare the way to bring people back, people of Israel, back to God. And he was to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that brings us to our first scripture reading. And I'm not going to do 47 verses or whatever it was like last time, I promise. But I am splitting it up into two parts. So that brings us to our first part. And the setting of the stage, this is in the Gospel of Matthew. And now it's about 30 so years later after Zechariah was met with Gabriel at the temple. And the things that Gabriel had told him would happen have either come to pass or are still unfolding. So if you want to join with me in reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, starting with verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees, And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you in water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing fork in his hand. And he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Amen. So, John is there at the banks of the Jordan River, preaching this need for repentance, a return to God, and baptizing. Now, the baptism itself was not the new thing that was happening. Now, the term used in the Hebrew Bible that is usually... Translated, that's the word I'm looking for. Translated as baptism is tavila, and it means for the washing, for the purpose of purification. Now, baptism or ritual immersion was an important part of the Jewish faith practice in the ancient world and still is today. In the ancient world, baptism would have been a common activity of people preparing to go to the temple. You can read in in Leviticus all the reasons that people need to be ritually purified. But baptism also still a vital, vital part of the Jewish faith practice today. They have baptisms during conversion process, before weddings, before certain holy days. They also have a certain baptism of utensils or things that are used in certain ways. So the baptism, the physical act of, of immersing in water, was not the new thing. But the new thing was coming. Also in the Old Testament, I think it's important to know that the verb for repent, I believe it's shubah, meant a return. And that word was shaped by the Jewish experience of exile. And I know we've talked about it the past couple weeks, about the Jewish experience of exile, whether it be the crossing of the Red Sea or the crossing of the Jordan River. But the repent meant a return, returning from exile to a place of God's presence. To repent is to return, is to follow that prepared way that leads us out of our separation or estrangement back into reconnection with the one who made us and loves us far beyond our comprehension. Now this Jewish root of repentance is one of the reasons while John's location being in the wilderness was so important that most every gospel writer mentions it. Every Gospel writer mentions this happening and mentions that it's in the wilderness. Because people of Israel spent decades there. They were saved from captivity to spend decades in the wilderness as well in exile as they made their way from oppression back into freedom and reconnection with their Creator. And as we think of these stories of the Red Sea crossing and where God was in that, and in the crossing of the Jordan River and where we find God in that, might we begin to hear the word repent as more of an invitation instead of a threat? You hear the word repent, and you automatically think, oh, and have done something wrong. But maybe it's also an invitation. Repent, the prophet cries. Come home. Repent, God calls. Return to me. Repent. Maybe we can hear, walk into your freedom. So we have John preaching this need for repentance from the people of Israel, and he's baptizing in that Jordan River. Now, the people at this time, they believe that the Messiah that is spoken of in the Old Testament that we read is coming now. They believe that they, have pre- they are preparing, prepare ye the way of the Lord. They are preparing to be in the presence of God. And that brings us to the second half of our scripture reading today, which picks up exactly where we left off. We stopped at verse 12, we're picking up with verse 13. And I love these first two words. Read with me. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus went baptized, he went up out of the water And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. That's the new thing, right? The new thing. And all week as I'm preparing this, and I get to this part, and it says, then, Jesus. I thought, well, I could stop right there. That's a couple sermons in itself, right? (laughs) Then, Jesus. And then I have this song in my head. If y'all know it, help me out here. We sing it here a lot. His name is Jesus. Precious Jesus. Help me, Kendall. Lord Almighty, the King of my heart, the King of glory. Right? Right. Then, Jesus. Now we know, we know that Jesus was not in line because he needed repentance, okay? We know that he did not need to stop and get closer to God, okay? That's not why Jesus was baptized. And if you want to go down a fun rabbit hole of theology, Google, why was Jesus baptized? Lots of people have lots of ideas, (laughs) However, what I know is that Jesus was indeed the sinless human. But I also know he never tried to avoid being around sin or the sinful. In fact, spoiler alert, if you continue reading on in the Gospels, he repeatedly gets into trouble. He gets into trouble with lots of religious authorities because he refuses to shun or remove himself from sin the sinful in the community. There's an Episcopal priest, and his name is Dr. H. King Omig, and he has this to say about Jesus' baptism. He says, Jesus here and throughout his ministry makes a point to go out of his way to mix socially with outcasts, with notorious sinners, beggars, the diseased, and the disenfranchised, to be baptized into their world, so as to fully disclose Abba's love for them as they are, not as they ought to be. Stepping into the leftover bathwater of the unclean as the clean one is nothing less than the spine-tingling manifestation of God's passion. It discloses God's willingness to go to any length to show, not just say, I love you. And I like that image. That water is dirty, muddy. It's filled with people who have come in for a promise of an amendment of life, and there is Jesus in line with them, stepping into it with zero hesitation, even though we know that for his own good, he didn't have to, but he did, in order to let us know that we are absolutely loved by God as we are, dirt and all. I actually found a picture of some of these sinners in the Jordan River. (laughs) Just just this sinner and that one. Um, This act of baptism was Jesus fully submitting to God's will. Jesus, free from sin, joins us sinners down at the river, the dirty, yucky Jordan River, and plunges in with us. God with us. Now this, this was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now, we know what happens on, and so sometimes it's hard to remember when we read various scripture Where we are in the story, we're at the beginning. We are not two miracles. He has no disciples. There's been no pain yet. At this baptism, John was calling people to wake up and to turn around so that they wouldn't miss this new thing that God was doing And on this day, literally doing right before their eyes. Now the crowd was preparing to be in the presence of God, and yet only John may have known that they already were. You can read in another gospel of Luke, the story of um, Elizabeth after Mary had been visited by Gabriel and told that she would carry Jesus. She visited her cousin, Elizabeth, And as soon as Elizabeth heard the greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. As we heard from Gabriel earlier, John was already filled with the Holy Spirit. And at this moment, Elizabeth becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. And I imagine that even if they had never had a family reunion or a family dinner or any kind of get-together between that meeting and this one, I like to imagine that something in John leapt again, and he knew this was Jesus, Son of God, the Son of Man. The kingdom of God was indeed near. So Jesus steps into that water, and I imagine John like, what? (laughs) Jesus being Jesus insists that he gets going and baptize him. He knows it's part of the plan. It's the new thing. In the New Testament, the Greek word, I'm going to probably not get this one right either, but bear with me. Met ana We'll go with that. That means to go beyond the mind that you have. So this repentance is not, back in the Hebrew Bible, remember, it was a return. Returning from exile, it was a physical, you think of a physical thing. This is to begin seeing differently, to begin thinking differently, both of which lead to acting differently, living differently. In the New Testament, repent is to change, but not for the sake of just changing or change itself. Rather, we change to start to live differently Because as we enter into the new mindset, or as we develop a new way of seeing, we become aware when our actions are out of step with God's desire for all creation. A young man receives a parrot as a gift. Okay, Lovely, right? The parrot, however, had a really bad attitude and a really rude attitude vocabulary. Every word out of the bird's mouth seemed to be obnoxious and laced with profanity. And the young man tried everything he could to change that bird's attitude. Playing soft music, only saying polite words to the bird, anything that he could do to think of, to clean up that bird's act. But it didn't work. So the man gets really frustrated. He starts yelling at the bird. The bird yells back. Finally, he lost it. He grabs the bird and he shakes him. And it just made the bird even angrier and yelled even worse things. So, the man, desperate, throws the bird in the freezer. His bird is throwing a fit, kicking, screaming, squawking, just losing his mind. And all of a sudden, quiet. The bird is quiet and the man is afraid. Uh Uh-oh, I think I might have hurt the bird. So he goes to the freezer, he opens it, and the bird calmly steps out to the man's outstretched arm and says, I apologize. I think I might have offended you with my rude language and behavior. I promise I am going to do what I can to make up for my unforgivable attitude and actions the man was astonished like what and he's about to ask what in the world happened in that freezer the hell when the bird continued might i ask what the turkey did (laughs) i'll let that one sit with you In 1981, a Minnesota radio station reported a story about a stolen VW Beetle. Now, the police were on a desperate and intense search to find this car. More so to find the driver, even to the point that they put out announcements on local radio stations. Now, they couldn't do social media. This is back in 81. They they had the radio, and that's that's what they had. So you see, on the front seat of the stolen car, was a box of crackers that happened to have been laced with poison, that the owner of the car planned to use as rat bait. The police and the owner of the car were desperate to find this thief, not out of want of their property back, but out of regard his life. God desires for the world to be a place where we view each other with compassion and with love, where all of creation is full of the mercy and the shalom of God. It's a desire that John himself expresses with the phrase that always comes after the verb repent. He doesn't just yell, repent, and then stop. Rather, he always links the call of repentance with the why of repentance. Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. If you continue on in this Gospel of Matthew, you'll come to see that it is Jesus. It is in Jesus that the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. And we will see in Matthew's Gospel that Jesus is the full embodiment and expression of the peace, the love, and the mercy that God wills for all people. For those of us who follow God in the way of Jesus, Jesus is what defines our new way of seeing, our new mindset, our way back home into reconnection. Deciding to try to live and love like Jesus is exactly what Christian repentance is all about. Don't eat those crackers. Come home. And I tend to make new friends with these Bible characters when I prepare to stand up here. Last time, I made friends with my girl at the well. This time, I think I might have found a friendlier side of John the Baptist. When I read these words, I hear John's call for us to repent, not as some huge threat of impending judgmental doom, but maybe he's actually offering that invitation. And it makes me wonder if perhaps the tone of John the Baptist has always kind of been gotten wrong. Now, I'm not talking about the brood of vipers part that he directed towards the religious leaders. Now, that, that was definitely confrontational and in all caps if he was texting. Like, but I'm talking about what he was preaching before they showed up. What was he saying that drew so many to the wilderness? They would have had to gone out of their way to get there. The wilderness is not just somewhere out in the desert. It just means an uninhabited, a lowly inhabited place. What if he was yelling, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, with an emotional intensity of compassion and possibility. What if his eyes smiled as he said it? What if the people who heard him preach down there by the river actually heard God's words as an invitation to come home as a way of moving back into reconnection with the one who made them and loves them far beyond their comprehension? It could be that that messy, unpredictable, always on edge, wild man John was not yelling with the tone of threat and doom, but with an equally intense tone of hope And summons. Maybe it could be that John's call for repentance was based on a deep trust that he had that God's goodness is always more powerful than any of our badness, and that God's power to heal us and to make us new is always stronger than our power to mess up or to stay stuck. Maybe he's saying, Don't eat those crackers. On the seat next to you. Come home. Gracious God, we come to you today as those sinners down by the river. And luckily that river is not just Muddy water. That river is a possibility of new life. Because you are there. God, with us. God, we thank you for the fact that you love us exactly as dirty and as messy and as the thieves that we are. That you provide us that way to come home. to Get unstuck. God, we thank you for your mercies, for your love, for the possibilities that your call represents. God, we turn our hearts to you now. We give you our love, we give you our praise, and we give you our thanks. We are lucky to be with you now and always. We give you these prayers of thanksgiving in the name of your mighty son, Jesus, amen.
1: Micah, Olive, Eleanor on Mike's back, and I went hiking. Yes, we did, and we hiked up a hillside Olive said it was straight up, not really. It was covered in rocks, some sharp, some loose, and there were tree roots that grew up, and the ground was here, and the root, sorry, I yelled. and the root came up like this, and as you walked, you had to be very careful not to catch your foot under that root. And along the side of us, was indeed a very steep hillside heading down. So if you stumbled, if you stumbled, it was really hot. Did I say that? The sweat was (laughs) dripping. Our clothes were drenched. But at the top of this climb was indeed a gift from God. It was a cool, cool waterfall that formed a pool almost like a river flowing down. And the water was cold. And there you could dip your hands into the water and you could have it spray on your legs or you could stand under the waterfall and in essence be baptized by God's refreshing River. Today, I think about that story, and I invite you to think about your journey this past week. Where were the rocks? Where was the cliff? Where were the roots that could trip you up? Where was it really hot and difficult? and remember that as we come to the table. Historically and even in many Christian traditions today, one would embrace the water before coming to the table. So I ask you to think about that in your mind of coming to the water, of coming to God's grace, of coming here, after the week. And we remember that. And we also, we also remember that.
0: And the night Jesus
1: died. He was sitting with those sinners around him.
0: He said, my body, broken for you. Every time you take it, do it in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup and he said, all of you drink of this.
1: Where's my life poured out for you? tenderly. Jesus was calling, calling for you and for me. He at the portal, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. and he says,
0: and a few things that would be on the news flash. So first and foremost, the Tincher family, Carol and Marshall, part of our community here. Um, Their son, Ryan's house, caught on fire uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Everyone was safe, whether they were outside of the house already. Um, Ryan was home, uh, but he is is safe. Um, But they are in need of prayer, And they will be in need of a lot to come. Right now, we we, we offer our prayers. We offer our our heart and uh, whatever we can to help them. Uh, But most of all, be in prayer for them. Their son, Wesley, is six. Uh, He was at his grandparents' house um, in Somerset. So he has a few things with him, but he doesn't have much in the way of keeping busy things. So Carol says, He likes puzzles, coloring books, things a six-year-old likes. And I told her I'm sure that we can come up with some things for him. Um, If you're interested in in any other ways to help this family, please see me after service. Send me an email. I'm glad to get you any information. But right now, uh, can we just lift this family up in prayer? Pray with me. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for your protection on this family Um, right now as hard as it is in the season that they are going through and will be. God, we pray that they feel your presence with them. Uh, let them feel your love, and your peace. Uh, wrap them, surround them, Lord. Um, let them know that they are not alone. You are there. There are folks that will step in and help in any way needed. God, we pray a, a special blessing over Wesley who is six and and doesn't quite, I'm sure, understand any of this as anybody would. Uh, Be with him. Let your light shine through him. Um, Give him some special, special grace. Lord, we thank you for this family and and be with Marshall and Carol and the rest of the Tensure family as they surround their loved ones uh, to help rebuild and uh, start anew, as it were. God, we love this family. We know you love them more. Be with them and let them know that our hearts are with them as well. Amen. So talk to me after or send me an email and I can get you any information. So if this is your first time here and you're visiting, I don't have the video queued up of a little girl pulling them out to show you, but there's a Connect card in the seat in front of you. You can fill that out. Stick it in the bucket. Um, We are having a movie night next Saturday at 6 p.m. This is not just for children. This is for everybody. We want to gather together with some fellowship, have some snacks, and enjoy a movie. Still can't tell you what it is. But it's enchanting. So we would love to see you all here Saturday at 6. Also, we are doing another revolution uh, swag sale, as it were. There will be a link going out in the news, no, not the news flash, that's what I'm doing now, in the eblast this week. Um, we also have it set up on the iPad in the lobby. Um, you can order t-shirts. They're supposed to be adding a long sleeve t-shirt, so that might come in a few days. Um, there's also a youth shirt, a toddler shirt, and onesies, because we have all those sizes here now. Um, so look in your e-blast for that information um i think the uh, ordering is open until the 7th so we want to make sure that we have this in time for also you'll hear more about this later in september we do our fall kickoff so for those of you that don't have revolution attire you have time to get some so that is there um before we go i just want to thank my parents for sharing uh their spirit with us uh, during communion. Um, I pray uh, that uh, Rachel, if she's watching, um, I'm sure she'll text me later with her notes. Daryl, <laughs> get better soon. We hope to see you next week. Um, but other than that, thank you all. Thank you for the honor and privilege of standing here with you today. So, men's night out. Oh, men's night out. Oh, sorry. It's Tuesday the 26th. Today's the 24th. So, the 26th, 6:30 Buffalo Wild Wings, Taylorsville Road. Sorry, I forgot the slide on that one, Mike. Thank you for reminding me. I appreciate it. (laughs) So, whether you are preparing to go to men's night out, to the family movie night, whatever it is, go in peace. And y'all know, be the revolution. Amen.